Welcome to Beyond the Rig. Our focus is on connecting young professionals with the energy sector. Join the youth government energy team. Shane Wilson, Nisha Ramdas, Graham Jones. This season, we will be engaging in conversations with leaders from various companies within the energy value chain. Happy New Year and welcome back on behalf of the Beyond the Rig team. And on this episode, as we kick off 2021, we will be having a conversation with Lawrence Arun, CEO of the Heroes Foundation. Welcome, Lawrence. Thanks, Shane, and thank you very much for having me as part of this series. Um, that has never been a question that I could have easily answered, you know, sharing a little bit about myself. But COVID-19 has really brought with it um, a lot of self-reflection. So um, now I like to say that I'm really a typical Trindigonian. I love to see and interact with our people. Um, you could have, before COVID, found me at any cultural event, because I love the excitement and the depth of our diversity. And always, I mean, literally always finding something new to learn and explore every single day when you live in Trinidad and Tobago. I like people hearing their stories, learning from their experiences, um, finding commonalities with, with my story and hearing about things that I've never experienced. And I say that because I think that's a very important part of me, because looking back, that has also influenced my professional journey and influenced what I do now. Um, that being said, you know, there's a built-in mentorship culture in Trinidad and Tobago. Well, um, at least I think I have experienced that throughout my life. I grew up in Mayaro, then Princess Town, and I learned a lot about people from family and community interactions and from listening to them when they shared their stories. Now, when I was in secondary school, I was very lucky to have many informal mentors, um, be them older students or past students, teachers, or people just supporting the plethora of extracurricular activities that I found myself in. And I didn't realize that they were mentors until just a few years ago, looking back. And when I looked back at my school days experiences, I realized that many of the extracurricular activities that I loved were heavily supported or facilitated by the energy sector. So I worked in many different areas over the last 10 years. I started in media while I was still at university and that was intense because it was managing a full-time double major and often working 10 and 12 hours a day, but I loved it, it was exciting. I joined the Trinity Exploration and Production after media to build on the corporate communication function. And I was working with teams across Trinidad and in the United Kingdom because Trinity is listed on the London Stock Exchange. We did a lot of CSR work and that really got me deep into very many different communities in Trinidad. But it also gave me um, access and, and insights into a whole different investor relations world in London. After Trinity, I became a part of the team that built the first local gas company in Trinidad and Tobago. When I started De Novo, my job description there as the executive assistant was literally to get stuff done. You can replace 
stuff with another S rated. But that was it. And, and, and at Denovo, I was tossed all over from, from building the risk management framework with the project team to learning about procurement and technology as we built all the different systems for operations and then to taking on the corporate government and external affairs rule. Now, when, after that, I went on to become the government advisor at Proman. And there are tons of stories that I can tell about the different journeys that I've gone through in these different jobs. But what has really stood out to me is the constant through it all. And that was the impact of the very many formal and informal mentorship interactions that I've had throughout my career. Um, from that, I have learned to believe in the good in people and the positive impact that the energy sector has had on Trinidad and Tobago. And this is outside of just the GDP. It's something that um, I'd, like, I'd really like more people to see and to understand because building local content and building local capacity has a lot to do with inspiring and developing people. And I mean, I'm a product of that from the energy sector. So when the time came for me to give back, um, there was really no saying no to working with an organization like the Heroes Foundation. I've worked with um, the Heroes Foundation since my days at Trinity, and I've seen the strong and positive and direct impact that this foundation has had on the lives of our nation's youth, much of which has been supported over the last 18 years by the energy sector. Wow, thanks so much, Lawrence, for kind of giving us a little overview um, about yourself, you know, and also your time in the sector. And I mean, you you must have been a, a rock star from from moving from Trinity to to the Novo and then Proma. And I can imagine um, how that journey would have been um, as a young professional as well, too, within the energy sector. So, you know, and you, you touch on a lot of stuff there, you know, in, in terms of um, learning a lot from people, mentorship uh csr work as well too you know and also um building local content which is something that definitely moving forward um we have to pay part, a better attention to because i think local some local content is something that you know we have kind of lapsed on um over the last 10 years especially with our industry you know in terms of the, when you talk about like innovation and you talk about um technology and transferable skills and I think, you know, um, going forward is something that we have to build, especially if you want to build these support systems required for the energy transition, which will occur within our country, you know. So, you know, one, one of the things that um, I also wanted to ask you on the show, basically, is if you could shed some light about the Hero Foundation, um, what, what's it about? Because I know I know your journey is there right now. Um, you're the CEO right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm, in terms of the heroes of energy, you know, if you could kind of give us an overview of what you're looking to accomplish, you know, and uh, I guess how, how youths could be more involved, you know, in terms of um, in terms of endeavors. On that, that point of local content and local capacity, um, I do think that the energy sector has done quite a lot. There is always room for improvement, but the energy sector has done quite a lot in building local capacity, not just in the sector. But in, but in influencing through how they have supported organizations like the Heroes Foundation. Now, the Heroes Foundation, and the purpose of the Heroes Foundation is really to inspire hope in our youth and our nation's youth for a sustainable future. And that is showing them a world beyond what they may currently know 
and then empowering them with opportunities to go after their dreams in this world that they that they now have access to. Um, we do that by delivering numerous leadership, mentorship, and development activities. One of the events that has come out of the relationship between heroes and the energy sector is the Heroes of Energy Youth Forum. And that was done in collaboration with the Energy Chamber as part of the Energy Conference. Now, the purpose of this was to connect our youth directly with the energy sector. It was to give them an opportunity to understand the sector, connect with people who would be willing to share their learnings, and then support them with finding ways of influencing the energy future of Trinidad and Tobago. Now, heroes of energy are really our nation's youth who are concerned about climate change, climate action, who want to understand more about energy efficiency and energy conservation, and then who want to help shape the energy future of Trinidad and Tobago. So as part of the Heroes Development Program, which is delivered currently in 15 secondary schools across Trinidad, there is a module in there for youth and sustainable development. And part of that is, under, is building our energy future. So what would have happened this year is in January and February, students in the program would have done their research into energy conservation, energy um, efficiency, coming from what they would have learned or what they understand about climate change and climate action. And that is something that is really important to young people in Trinidad and Tobago because they, they live it. That is the reality of, of, of what they are living through right now. And the Youth Forum was where they got this opportunity to interact with the sector, um, to learn and go in depth with understanding how Point Lisas was built and what are the potential opportunities for the future going into hydrogen, going into renewables, looking at energy efficiency, not just in the sector, but across the country. And we had 400, a little over 400 secondary school students at that conference. Um, they toured the trade show, they sat down um, for one-on-one -on -one conversations with, with the people who we call the champions of energy, young energy professionals who wanted to share their experiences there with them. And from that, we got a host of ideas about what Trinidad and Tobago's energy future should look like. So what we did was we put all of those ideas together in a report that the students have. And a Heroes of Energy idea strike team was started digitally. And this team has been meeting every Sunday since June to go through the ideas that they came up with at the conference see which ideas they would actually like to turn into projects, work on plans to, to implement these projects in their schools and their communities. And we're gonna launch that later on in September um, with the wider public so that everyone can see, well, what the students learned, what their thoughts are right now, and then what they plan to do in the future or how they plan to either share knowledge or implement projects and activities that have some sort of tangible impact on how we use energy, utilize energy, conserve energy in the schools and in the communities. With COVID, that has just pushed back the timeline on very many things. Students aren't in school to actually implement programs in school, but they're looking at different ways of implementing activities at home um, and delivered digitally through 
um, to the public to actually have an impact. Lawrence, sounds like some exciting stuff going on in terms of um, definitely for the, the secondary schools, you know, and I applaud your effort to really focus on, well, to start your focus looking at energy conservation and energy efficiency, because I, I believe that that is the foundation when you're talking about the whole when you talk about the whole discussion around energy transition, you know, because it, it doesn't make sense putting renewables in a system that, that wastes energy. So, you know, um, I, I think it's it's some nice stuff that's going on, definitely, um, at the secondary school level. And I was wondering, like for young professionals, um, like those probably now leaving university or, you know, now working in a job, let's say for, for two, three years, um, do you or the Heroes Foundation have anything in, in any plans for them going forward? Good question. On the note of energy efficiency, though, um, it is really interesting that the young people in the program raise that as something that they saw of importance. And, and that showed us that they were connected and they understood the realities of these situations probably a little more than, than the adults who are so accustomed with, with, with live, the life that we've grown accustomed to in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I mean, they, they, they seem to be, they, they understand the importance of water conservation. They understand the importance of switching off lights when you're not using it, of, um, of those sorts of things. So I think um, that is a point that, that really inspired us on this journey. As for the young professionals, so what we've done at Heroes was start our digital transformation journey in March. Then COVID happened and we were forced to fast track everything. That meant fast tracking how our staff that um, never really worked with technology, learned about the technology that, would be, that was being implemented, how our students moved and transitioned from in-person sessions in schools to online sessions or to having sessions via WhatsApp or via phone calls because some people just do not have access to technology. And from that, we started to have more direct conversations with them about what they wanted. And we have come up with a plan to launch an online digital platform that we're calling Heroes Connect in Q4 of this year. And the idea is to digitally connect our young people with people who want to help them learn and grow. Um, the foreseeable future is that we are not going to be able to connect in person. But we want our young people to learn about what is happening out there and to get the experience and the insight from others. So we're rolling out something called League Learning. Um, and League Learning is an online weekly session every Thursday at five o'clock when, when we do start it, where we're connecting them to some industry professional where they get a chance to ask questions on a, on a live discussions um, to that professional um, to get some insights from them. We're gonna roll out small group mentorship sessions um, where anyone who wants to, to give off their time and their talent to helping young people understand a particular topic, they come to us and say, well, hey, what? I have this particular issue that I think um, I can help share with these young people. Do you have young people interested in energy conservation? Do you have young people interested in learning about music, in, in graphic arts, in coding? Um, I want to work with them and we'll, we'll create a digital room for them, a digital community room for them where they can go in and they can interact um, uh, with the young people. Because we found that a lot of young professionals 
want to give back. They're looking for opportunities to give back. And with the advent of COVID, why not create a digital space where they have an opportunity to give back? Because the young secondary school students in this country want to learn about everything. They want to learn about engineering. They want to learn about politics. They want to learn about, about every single thing that is not on the school curriculum. Um, so, so any sort of opportunity to get them to connect with those people is what we're looking forward to doing. So that is our big plan for the next few months. And when that rolls out, I mean, I have no idea how that's going to develop when it rolls out, but those are the two areas that we're going to start um, looking to get, get our young professionals connected with our youth in Trinidad and Tobago. I must admit, some, some big things um, you, you're dropping on the show today, um, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> James, what are, you, what are the Heroes Foundation are doing? And I must say kudos, kudos, definitely. I, I love the touch about um, the Heroes Connect and um, League Learning. You know, that, that is something that you're definitely embracing the digital space now that we're all conforming to. Uh, you know, I, I know this team would support you um, however we can in, in that element, you know, especially um, giving back because I know each one of us um, wants to give back to, to the younger generation. So, you know, I, it really shows that there are a lot of work going on in Trinidad as well, too. Um, and especially the, the Heroes Foundation look like they're taking a very futuristic approach, which we like. And I also like the fact that, you know, just focusing on the the energy sector but you also as you said if you want to know about graphic artists if you want to learn about coding you know it's sessions that will cater to, to a multiple array of, of um professions basically you know, and skills to develop which is which is great you know and it's glad to see things like this happening because um to be honest to be honest you know i spent some time in the uk and you know i'm accustomed to it over there but in Trinidad, you know everything has been kind of hush hush and quiet so i'm excited to see how how that project turns out to be honest with you um one of the things that you know in terms of when we talk about youths definitely the the young professionals you know especially those in the industry um working let's say um under you know under the age of 35 you know you have spent some time in definitely that i can can i say that csr kind of um, government relations realm, um, uh -huh. and you know, what advice you could offer young professionals in our realm who, who may feel stuck or in a rut, you know, and they they want to do something different, they want to be impactful, they, they want to bring change, like what, what advice can, can Lawrence give somebody, you know, in terms of how they can up their game and, and, and become a, a better professional in, in that field that they aspire to, which is that, that element, that field that looks at you know, media and, and um, CSR and public relations and that type of stuff, you know? Okay, interesting question. Um, I'll share some advice that was given to me first. And that is when you're in your 20s and your early 30s, that is the time for you to really learn about everything possible and to work like crazy. So you listen to people, learn, learn, learn from people, talk to people, ask people to share um, with you. Do not be afraid to ask for help. It really is easy to get help if people ask. The biggest hurdle in getting help is asking for the help. Um, and that advice was given to me at a very early age, a very early point in my career. And it has been invaluable. 
The other advice I would give is accept that change is constant. I mean, change is the only constant in the world. Change isn't bad. It, it, it just is. Um, and when you accept that, then you start to understand that to be resilient to change, you need to build yourself as an individual who is open to change and open to understanding new and different ways of doing something to get to your goal. So, so un understand and accept change, ask for help, and learn. Those three um, points, I think, applied to any field, not just communications and, and, and state government relations or, or, or media or anything like that. Applied to any field at all will help somebody to grow beyond what they think is imaginable. Yes, I, I understand what you're saying. You know, and actually, what you said there is something, uh, an emerging theme with, with most of the people that we have had conversations with. You know, they, they always um, say, you never stop learning. Yep. Um, I think that that's been coming through all the, the shakers and, and movers that we have spoken to. Um, because, you know, especially if you, just because you're an engineer doesn't mean that you shouldn't understand the business side of things. Doesn't mean you shouldn't understand the human resource side of things because is by coming out of your comfort zone, you'll be able to create a more holistic um, understanding and point of view on certain matters, you know. So I, I love your message there about learning and also accepting change is constant, you know, and I think that is something we, in Trinidad right now, we will have to accept because if we are to evolve as a, a nation and a country, there I, I believe there'll be hard decisions being made going forward. And you know, is it, a first accept the change, but also to understand how we can add value going forward, how we could improve and reconfigure so we have a more prosperous um, and brighter future. So, mm -hmm. also on the call, you know, um, on the show we have. Graham and Nisha, and uh, you know, I want to I want to welcome them to see if they would like to ask Lawrence any questions while we have him on here. I mean, Lawrence, I feel like I was hugging um, the conversation. So, <laughs> um, Lawrence, you and I kind of took a unconventional route, and I said you mm -hmm. were unconventional because when you hear the energy industry, you mostly hear operators engineers like these kind of rules right mm -hmm. a lot of technical rules and we decided to embark upon a different role which is corporate communications and then i got involved with some marketing mm -hmm. and i feel like not much young people and i use the, the term young people meaning like entry level people are aware that this is such an important aspect of any industry much less for the energy industry and I just want to, I just want you to speak on the, the significance of it, the importance of it, especially now during a time where we're transitioning more to a digital phase of operations based off of what's happening with COVID and mm. a lot more companies are working from home. So that's just something I wanted you to touch on to kind of share your experience and give you advice on that. Nice topic for discussion then, Nisha. Um, firstly, I will say that organizations are a team of people who generally support some kind of core operations. And when you look at any organization, um, there are multiple people inside that organization doing very 
many different rules that, that you may not see from the outside or understand if you think about a particular industry, um, finance, supply chain management, corporate communication, administration, all these are very important rules as in, in an organization. And, and from what I have been through in my experience in these different organizations, everybody has a unique role to play, but everybody's job is interconnected and the learnings are interconnected. Um, so you can, you can be in a company and you can be in the communication team and you can be doing something like risk management um, in the organization that is an, is an upstream explore, um, exploration and production company or a downstream petrochemical plant and, and, and see different, different um, see through different lenses in the organization. So that, that's something I want young people to, to understand. And when you think about energy or when you think about any sort of field, there are multiple jobs in there that you can get involved in, not necessarily just the, 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 the prominent, um, famous ones that you hear about. Um, and they all have an important part to play, like the corporate communication team, the technology team. I see, I see technology, corporate affairs, corporate communication, marketing, all playing an integrated role in supporting organizations, especially now. Um, technology gives you the form, the, the, the form, the medium in which you can communicate. Communication supports on the end of, of, of giving you the content and understanding your audience and the people. And when you look internally inside of an organization, you have your multitude of inter internal audiences to understand and analyze. Um, and most importantly, get information from so that you know how you're going to communicate with them. People are people are in a difficult time of their lives personally. They're managing homes. They're managing um, their, their 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 connections with their friends and their families, and managing the uncertainty and the stress that comes with living in a pandemic that none of us would have lived through before. Um, and still trying to hit the bottom line of an organization. So when you, when you want to understand how to best support your organization to reach their goals, listening plays a key role in that. And that's where your communication function comes in. Because the majority of communicating is listening and then delivering messages um, that one, deliver your goals, and two, delivers what your people, your audiences want to hear. So if you're going to go digitally, yes, everybody wants to go digital. Yes, everybody wants everybody connected and working from home. But like I've learned through my experiences at Heroes, that's great. People will want to do that because people want to be productive generally. But how do you now listen to what they are going through and they are experiencing and fit that into how you probably restructure how your day works, probably restructure how you have meetings, probably adjust and adapt how you help your staff understand how to deliver, not necessarily be online from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., but how do they manage their time so that they can see about their children, get their children to deal with online education, and still deliver their work in a time that is better suited or more comfortable to them while still meeting the organization's deadlines. Nisha, does that does that I think that was great feedback. That was, that was great feedback because it covered like the present as well as 
the future, how you cope with it, and like what is expected to come. The only thing I can say about the future is that none of us knows exactly what's going to happen. I think 2020 has proved <laughs> that. But listening, listening to your colleagues, listening to your employees, listening to your to your uplines, listening to your consumers, listening is going to play a very important part of the future. Agreed. I totally agree with you. I'm not sure if Graham has anything. Graham? I was listening in there and I thought that the Heroes Foundation really does fill a gap within our educational system. And I think we share common sentiments, the Heroes Foundation and the youth government of Trinidad and Tobago. So I think our listeners especially could really expect some sort of collaboration in the future as we work together to achieve a common goal, a brighter future for our country. And Most definitely. I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Keep up the good work and, you know, let's see, let's see what the future holds for us. That, that, sounds, that sounds great. I think I can agree with that fully. Um, on that note of education, because you said it there and it stood out. I mean, I mean what, what we believe here at Heroes um, is that education is more than just what happens in your textbook and in your classroom. Education is that way of living where you are learning from each other and sharing with each other so that everyone grows together. And that's really a core part of, of how we deliver the programs and heroes and how we try to inspire our young people through the programs. Absolutely. I think that has been an issue for a while. And I think that what you all are doing at Heroes Foundation really stood out to me. You know, I've, I've been following you all on social media from uh, just of recently when you all started doing these live uh, videos. And I noticed that you were involved in it. So when I looked through your website and social media platforms, it really stood out to me because that issue has been lingering at the back of my mind for some time, that there is that gap existing and something needs to be done about that for all youths. So thank you. Thank you to, and thank the Heroes Foundation. It is our pleasure. So as we close off, I'd like to thank Lawrence for, for being a guest on episode 8 of Beyond the Rig. I really appreciated his support um, and also enlightening our listeners on his journey and providing his advice. And we'd like to thank our loyal listeners for once again tuning in. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And join us on episode 9 as we will be having a conversation with Ms. Hafsa Ali, upstream manager from Shell, Trinidad and Tobago. Until next time, stay safe.